What up? What up? Hello. This so, is. Wait. Go ahead. This is 89.1 FM WNYU. And if you're listening, that means you're in a car right now. Or you're at home with your uh, jukebox or whatever it is they have these days that plays FM radio. Um, the online stream on WNYU.org is down. Um, Haters. Yeah, I know. I, Jesus. I'm not letting us shine tonight. Um, that means everything else is also down. So pretty much, if you're tuning in, you're on FM. Otherwise, you probably don't know where you are. What? Darmic, turn me down. Turn you down in the headphones? No, not the headphones. Turn the board down. Turn the board down? Okay, okay. See, now Peter, now Peter's the been... The music, the music, the music. See, now Peter has, has been here in this seat, and, and he's used to calling I'm the shots. A, I'm an experienced <laughs> engineer. Yes. So now why don't you introduce us to the guest that we have here in the building? Yes. First, I want to start off, play a gunshot. In the studio tonight, New York City. And what a beautiful night it is. If you're out on the town, we're going to put this up on SoundCloud and you will hear it. Uh, a lot going on tonight. You're at Central Park watching the Beat Nuts and Bodega Bams. So a lot, a lot of other things going on. So get out. Now, I only come out of my house a few times a year to any event. Yes. And one event that I do go to is called the Fool's Gold Day Off. And it's one of my favorites. It's an event that has grown to be so large that the cops have tried to shut it down. They went from humble beginnings to like a mega venue on the waterfront in Williamsburg. And we'll talk about all that with our special guest. And our guest tonight is the co-founder of Fool's Gold Records, a little record label very small record label out of Brooklyn with a huge reputation for making and breaking artists, amazing branding, and probably the template for a lot of indie labels that are starting now. And I would like to introduce Nick Catch Dubs. What's skipping over there? It's just the instrumental. Don't worry about it. Get, put a gunshot. Put a, put gunshot. a gunshot. Yeah. That's, it, that's the glue. 
What's up, guys? What's up? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We had to. We had to. I, I got to go to uh, the day off for the first time last uh, last August or September, I think it was. Um, and it was amazing, just, just as Peter said. Awesome. Yeah, no, we, we work hard at it. We try to really go above and beyond to book the show that we want to see. We want to throw the party that we would want to attend, you know? And, and as it grows, sometimes that's harder to do than when you're sort of limited by size and budget and what have you. But it's the sort of purest, um, like, symbol and, and, uh, and, 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 and sort of like the, the feel of Fool's Gold as a, as a brand. Like, Day Off, it's our baby. It's the crown jewel. And the cool thing is, you know, each year we get to do it in more places. It went from a New York party on Labor Day, and we're still going to do it in New York this coming Labor Day. And, you know, it's grown to other cities. You know, actually, tomorrow uh, we're on deck to announce all of the cities for this year, along with the sort of, like, first couple bits of the New York lineup. So it's, it's an exciting time for a day off, and, and it's always exciting for Fool's Gold. Yeah. Now, I think the amazing thing to me was the range of acts that was on stage that, that night. Everybody from, and even like just the, the, not the people who didn't necessarily have a set, just one song. It ranged from like Migos to like Action Bronson. It was, it was really all over the place. Um, very- oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a stage that has, you know, ASAP Mob and LP together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas, you know, not many years ago, it would be, you know, ASAP Rock. And LP, you know, and then the, the, the sort of sub-genre divisions don't really exist anymore. Stuff is either dope or it's not dope. You know, yeah. there's a lot of things that are trendy and, you know, kind of like people always say like, oh, yeah, this is like that fool's gold vibe. But it's not. It's, there, there's a quality standard that has to be maintained. And we try to be as sort of open minded and just omnivorous in our tastes. Yeah. Now... You guys go back, um, both you and Peter, right? Yeah, yes. I mean, I've I've been DJing professionally for you know all, like like ten years now, and I think the first show we did it was either something at Southpaw, or it was the Ghostface Bankrock show, yeah, with Lil Mama. <laughs> what? Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, at now, Highline. Well, look, I think we go back even further. Okay, I met you. I met you at probably through the Rub guys. And who are the Rub guys? For the, those who may the not Rub know, the Rub DJs are three or were three. I guess they're down to two. Three amazing DJs who threw a ridiculous party in Brooklyn at Southpaw. And I met or first heard about Nick because I had asked someone. I said, "Who designed the flyers?" And I think that you did some of their flyers for a while. It's true, Nick. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've I've worn a lot of hats. Designer has one magazine editor writer, which is another. which is crazy. The the first time I ever knew about you, I was was because of your design work, and I judge people. And Darmic, you see me tweet about this, and we have conversations. Yes, by their artwork and by the creative direction that goes with the entire package of what you're trying to sell, and especially. You have such a small window to catch people's attention on the internet now. If you don't have the nicest artwork or something that's going to draw people in and have them click through, you you're you could have the best song in the world and no one will ever know of it. Yeah. So my introduction to you was by your artwork. And we spoke. I, I know that you, you also did Roxy Cottontail's 
very legendary bunny logo. Yes. Which is, is something. Did you, did you do the Fool's Gold logo? No. No. Uh, but I actually did the Mad Decent logo. Oh. That's so bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, man. You know, the, the the cool thing to me, you know, as 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 I get older and as as the label, you know, sort of history continues on, is you know, people who really love what they do have multiple acts in their life. You know what I mean? It's not just doing one thing forever. It's being excited by a lot of different things, being engaged by a lot of different things. So now it's funny that that as the, as the label, I don't want to ever say it's in a comfortable place because we always, you know, are challenged by new things, whether it's the industry or just on a creative artistic level, like seeking out new acts, helping the existing acts, you know, go to the next level. But as we have more of a staff and I'm not doing as much like day-to-day stuff as I did in the early days, I feel like I have this sort of brain zone that's opened up and I'm getting back into stuff like writing a little bit and design a little bit and you know other types of expression and working on my own music you know i think that it's important for people in any kind of creative pursuit whether you're a rapper or an a and r guy or you know a television screenwriter to to to, i don't want to say dabble because dabble kind of implies you're you're half whack but like you know just try out other things and and you know you take inspirations from one zone and bring it back into other things. Like I'll take a weekend where I'm just like sketching comic book characters while I'm on the couch with my girlfriend and then that makes me more psyched to, you know, go into fool's gold mode the following Monday and, you know, apply new ideas to a campaign for for, you know, somebody's record. Uh, nice, man. And um going going back to the the DJing though, there, there was a show with Lil Mama opened up for Ghostface Killer. Oh, it's amazing. Peter is the king of of the sort of like unexpected bills. I, I feel like can like can we go through your top your thought process of hey, booking in a Lil way, Mama? I was doing Fool's Gold Day Off style booking. Well, I think that you you understand the sort of ways that different worlds overlap. Like I think especially for people outside of New York they take for granted how segregated, and I don't mean in a racial way, but although sometimes it very much is in a racial way, but the way show and club booking is. You know, it's only really been very recently, and I feel like, you know, Fool's Gold played a big part in that the sort of, you know, kind of anything goes vibe with the bookings has helped open that up. But stuff used to be like, this is the backpack show with some backpack dudes, or, you know, this is the, like, pop show. This is the showcase of, like, you know, five dudes who have development deals with Jive. Like, it was just a, 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 a sort of very, like, um, you know, when you get a TV dinner, like, this is the turkey section. This is the little brownie. This is the nasty corn. You know, like, all of those things were lumped in their respective zones. But the cool thing about the live and direct shows, especially kind of when I started coming out and, and, and being a DJ in like early 2000s is that there would always be a curveball, whether that was a sort of really brand new artist or, you know, sort of like bringing old dudes out of the woodwork because those relationships go back years further. Yeah, I mean, the, what's interesting to me, and I know you as, as someone who's an A&R of sorts, right? You would call yourself an A&R, one of the many hats that you wear, is being so early on something that, you watch and people aren't feeling it yet. For instance, Kid Cudi opened up a show at the Highline Ballroom and there were maybe 15 people and two 
of the kids there were in the front row. There were two Caucasian 12-year-olds who were there with their parents. And they were the only people in the room aside from, you know, the people who were working with Cuddy, you know, Plain Pat, Emil, and, you know, Henley, and, and whoever. And these two kids stood there and, and looked up at Cuddy. And they had, you know, their eyes were wide and they were excited and they sort of knew the music. And everyone else was kind of like, you know, it's time to go to the bathroom, time to grab a beer. And I'm just sitting there like, this guy's going to be so huge. And I know he's going to be huge. His music is great. And and this is this is the next thing. And sometimes you sit back and you're a little too early to the party. But the thing with Cuddy, Cuddy passed through the fool's gold, I guess, machine. Yeah. And very early on. Very early on. And you can argue or you won't wouldn't even have to argue to say that Fool's Gold played a huge part in making Cuddy a, a, sens- a pop sensation. You know, one remix of a very great song called Day and Night changed Cuddy's life forever. And that was something I'm sure that you or A-Track were probably like, let's get, who did the remix? Uh, the Crookers remix. The Crookers remix. And that, that really spun it out of control. No, it was it was an amazing thing to be a part of, and it, my attitude is always, you know, if someone is meant to be a star, and a guy like Cuddy, you know, even when you when you just have like a basic conversation with him, you know, even in those days, there's nothing else that he can do except be Kid Cuddy, the guy on stage, you know, like the sort of voice of this kind of generation of like, you know, dreamer misunderstood kids. Like p- kids love him. Kids like artists. People love. Cuddy. I, I always bring up the fact that the girl that works at the bagel store down the street from Fool's Gold, she's got like one of those Live Strong rubber bracelets, but it says Kid Cuddy. You know wow. what I mean? It's like, it's it's that kind of like just sort of random, but super, super devotional fan. Um, you know, and, and th- that's that's why he does, you know, these giant stages just on his own. And he doesn't need to have radio records. And, you know, it, it's sort of, you know, uh, uh, it, it, it takes some hubris to, to take credit for that because he was going to find a way to get in front of people regardless. I, I feel proud that we were able to kind of see it early on and help shape it and kind of at least put it on the right track. Because, you know, so much stuff is this, this sort of the cult of the cosine. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and and it's not just rap, too, because there's some dude that got put on by, like, Taylor Swift or whomever. You know what I mean? Like, there's actors that get put on by other actors. It's like, yo, you know, Kristen Wiig said that, you know, I'm next. And then, you know, you, you, you go from being, like, the little dude on Saturday Night Live to having, you know, your own movie where you wear a fat suit. You know, it's 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 every industry has its own sort of like cosine culture. And I think that with the Fool's Gold stuff, we've always just been able to kind of take our own personal taste and use that to to really help put other people on. And and in in a sort of it's not like altruistic, like we're we're not, um, you know, just just doing this because like it's still running a business and and we never want to be sort of like a training wheel label you know for someone to sort of do their thing and then bust out but i'm i'm really proud of any sort of um you know input that we can have in someone's career and it's not always just blowing up sometimes it's just making a cool artistic statement you know because a lot of people blow up but it's off of like whack art right and you know we we are very opinionated you know like if 
if you talk to somebody who wants to get signed to a major label, you know, their attitude is very much like, we're going to do everything our way. We're going to put it in the contract that our boy is going to do the art and we're going to do this and we're going to have full control over everything. Whereas our attitude is more like, you know, you want to sign with Fool's Gold because you want input from A-Track and myself because we, we have a track record. We've proven it, you know, across a lot of different fields. And it's like, I view it less as joining a label. I'm more like, no, join our gang. Like, come, come be in the Ramones. You know what I mean? Like, here's your jacket. Like, you know, and and uh, some that's not for everybody, and that's fine. We're we're very straightforward about that, and each artist's relationship is different. But you know, it's cool. It's like this this is re- this is really fun. And when it stops being fun, you know, that's when you like do other other things. Yeah. Now, now, obviously, we we've been talking about rap and we've been playing rap music. That's kind of our show. But but Fool's Gold has really uh, gone beyond just rap. You guys don't just do rap music because that's not your origins, even. You know, you, no. like, you know. So talk about that. In, in a way, you're kind of are early uh, pioneers of bridging the gap between electronic music and hip hop music, and now that's kind of all merged together into one thing. Anyways, it's funny, you know, like uh, it, it's always been a DJ label. Just and and whatever you can kind of fit in that bowl, DJ label still makes the most sense. Like A Track and I sign records that we want to play out and sign the things that we like as DJs. That that's always going to inform our sort of you know philosophy with this. And in the early days, I feel like it was more of a dance label. You know, like that was right when the kind of like MySpace producer was first you know coming into prominence and it wasn't really the sort of like corporate edm festival rave kind of world that we live in now so pushing the dance stuff was you know relatively novel you know it was it was something that felt different and the music that a lot of these rappers were making you know like kid sister's record it's up-tempo rapping you know that was just what naturally she was making at the time and we were around that so we were putting that out and that became a thing that you know Maybe those original artists didn't pop off to to a mass scale, but people definitely paid attention to that. And after that, you know, you had the LMFAOs of the world kind of come out and, you know, Pitbull kind of being like, oh, yeah, I'm you know going to go over these these rave songs now. And as dance music became this thing that you hear at the deli, you know, we were being more inspired by the guys doing sort of like, you know, more underground hip hop kind of stuff. Like, you know, you go from this sort of kid sister era, fool's gold, and you morph into the, you know, Danny Brown era. And then that morphs into, you know, whatever we do next. Like it's, it's not calculated in the least. It's just something that, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's fueled by what we're feeling at any given time, but trends come and go, you know, like I I always want to feel that any record we put out, could be dope in in any era. Like I don't want to have something that is like the picture of your dad wearing bell bottoms or like you know somebody's bape phase. You know where where they just look like skittles. You know like <laughs> like it it, it 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 needs to be music that you know. I feel like the ultimate song is a song that somebody could cover. You know what I mean? Like yeah. some some kid could sit there with the acoustic guitar and play day and night. You know on YouTube and and that makes sense. Even like the 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 more like dancing your stuff. Somebody could cover Barbara Streisand by Duck Sauce. It just has that catchiness. It has that sort of X factor. So that that's what you you shoot for. You tr- you try and you know encourage people to to bring those records that can that can transcend a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean we play. And we've the Fool's Gold records that we do play on the show, aside from the obvious ones like the Humphrey record, which, you know, A Track and, and Justin worked on with Cameron, 
we play and love Black Atlas. And I think Black Atlas is one of the greatest finds on the Fool's Gold label ever. He he has the potential to be out of here, knock, you know, knock balls out the park all day long. He's great. And we also play the hundreds. Yes, hundreds. Hundreds is awesome. Yes. And at early on, I the first project that came out um, last year, I wasn't a huge fan of. But this new one, Ivory, I really like concise EPs and the, yes. just the, such a retro sound to him that just, it's not even like, it, like everybody was saying YG was retro, but he's even more retro yeah, in a way. The, the thing is, is that to me, it doesn't necessarily feel throwback you right know? like there, there's something about his vibe you know he's a young dude he's a young dude with a perm you know and <laughs> and and he just has that that charisma that stage presence and what we did with with the ivory project was take a lot of time to mix it and master it properly and you know work with engineers who are going to make it that sort of you know ear candy masterpiece that it needs to be so with that with I- that we're going to go into some music yeah, yeah, yeah. You're listening to 89.1 WNYU-FM. Gunshot. Play the gunshot. NW3 Radio. We have more with Nick Catchdubs, the co-founder of Fool's Gold Records, in a bit. The Space Explorers. Join Professor Leon Nordheim and his navigator Smitty on a rescue mission in outer space. Their destination, Mars. Polaris 2 calling control. Polaris 2 calling control. Come in, please. <laughs> what up, what up, what up? You're tuned in. Now where were we? By that gunshot. Oh, are you you're on? You mic'd up? That's your trademark. What up? What up? Yes, it is. It is. Look at that. We're back. That's NW3 sign that we're Radio. back. NW3 Radio. 89.1 FM. Nick Catchdubs is still here. Yes, he Off is. Off air, we were talking about <laughs> the rap mystery of the moment. Uh, is Nas really Droog? No, I never thought I never thought that. I was just kind of curious. Hold on, hold on. I got a new DM two days ago from somebody, and the message went, I have a guess. Is Exquire, Mr. MF and Exquire, Droog. No, I The I mystery continues. I never thought it was that it was not the dude who he claims to be. I just thought it was, you know, interesting that someone kinda comes out and you know, it, it's less about guys sort of being like, check out this song that I'm really feeling. It's more like, who is this person? And you know, it, it's funny, like the the, the way that, that the sort of you know, music media and kind of like internet rap media in particular work is a cycle that, you know, we've seen, even just Fool's Gold in the past seven years of, of, of having this label, we've seen it play over and over again. Like people kind of have like the buzz stage and that moves on to, you know, the next big thing stage. But the problem is, is when you're pegged as the next big thing, you have to become the thing. Even if you just stay at the same level of next big thing, like your career is completely just flat. It's almost like like you failed, yeah. You know, because you didn't live up to this thing that this you know rabid sort of horde wanted you to to become. And it's hard because that cycle it happens quicker and quicker and quicker than ever before. You know, like like uh, we saw it with with you know with Rocky. Like he he did he 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 was doing his thing, and as soon as the video came out, he was out of here. 
you mm-hmm. know. But he was meant to to be on one of Six and Park and do arenas and and kind of be like the new sort of young, you know, fashiony mainstream rap guy. Like it, it was it was the right person with the right songs and legit. You know, good catchy songs. At, you know, at the right time, and then somebody like Danny, who, who, whose music is you know, on on a different you know kind of more complex wave with 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 these these little pockets and and things to chew on. You know, it, it, he found his own fan base where there's a little bit of overlap, but he found his own fan base on a much different kind of steadier path, and something that that honestly is is going to be a lot more sustainable in the years to come. You know what I mean? Like he's he's got like this this you know gang of you know, almost like like juggalos, but but for Danny, like they they mm. just ride for him. They might like rap music in, in the macro sense, but they love Danny. Danny Brown, and that's what you need. Like I tell everybody, it's like the important thing is not about impressing me. The important thing is about making fans. Yeah. So if I'm a fan of you, just like as a dude, then I would think about you know working with you on on a label thing, maybe. You know, like you can't sign everybody who you like. It would be impossible. You go crazy. I'm already crazy. You know, and. It's, don't worry about having me give you props or something. Worry about like making actual fans and touching people and giving them material that they want to, you know, bump on their phone day in and day out. Now, um, you know, Danny, one of the things that fascinates me is his sets are, he has a wide discography and a a pretty lengthy one, but his sets are entirely, um, I guess, is trap sounding the right word or electronic sounding? It's very... um, Drum heavy, yeah, like I think, set. I think that, and it's very uh, targeted. I think that especially since the old came out, that had a lot of stuff uh, on that tip, and doing these massive festivals and playing for audiences who you know might might have just seen like a crazy DJ before them. You know, it kind of makes sense, and and it's not pandering in any way. Like the the, the all of the things that Danny does you know he genuinely loves as a as a as an artist and as a creator just some stuff works in a big at club setting and other stuff doesn't mm-hmm. you know and and i i think it would it would be awesome i i mean obviously you know the sort of like rap unplugged kind of scenario doesn't doesn't come around all that much but it would be awesome to kind of have like that sort of like you know maybe one off intimate sort of small stage kind of thing where he could do these other materials. I think that Danny, more than anybody else, to have like Danny Brown storytellers where he gives the background on these songs would would be insane, you know? Um, But he's the kind of guy where where he's just, you know, one of the most interesting dudes we've ever worked with. Like, and, and, uh, you know, he has that that spark inside of him. It's it's a joy to kind of, you know, help foster that. Now, speaking of of the hype cycle and people going up and down on the hype cycle, we have to mention this. Peter mentioned it on Twitter that he wanted to talk about it, and we have to. One of those people that you guys were early on, and you specifically were early on, and has ridden that wave is Wale. Um, and, and obviously Wale is big in the news. Every once in a while, he kind of really takes over the headlines. And, and yesterday, I, I don't know if you, you got to see some of this, but he took over the headlines, um, with, uh, his little beef, it looks like with Meek Mill on, yeah, on MMG. The, the, the funny thing about, about Wale as a sort of like public figure in 2014 is I'm, I'm amazed 
at the kind of just sort of like venom he inspires in people because he's not really like that as a dude and and his music certainly you know it, it isn't meant to sort of inspire this this hatred like people <laughs> really 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 hate him so i don't and i don't get it like you know obviously he's he's a guy who is you know super passionate about his stuff and everyone tells you don't respond to critics don't respond to haters and he just he he can't do it he if he sees something you know he has to respond to it which as a human i understand that like you know i'm i'm a a a pretty nice dude all things considered and i don't really put myself out there in a way that necessarily inspires like you know these these violent critiques but if someone was saying something about me on twitter like it's gonna bother me you know like you see it and you're just sort of like bummed for the afternoon like what's wrong with people you Mm -hmm. know and so for a guy like him who who must get it you know second after second after second it's like why even have a phone but i don't under i don't understand why people get so up in arms about him you know Mm. because musically He's not making the kind of stuff that, you know, we were making together during like the hundred miles and running mixtape about nothing era. But it's not like, you know, he he's he's making something just worthy of of this complete hatred. Just say like it's not for you. Mm. You know what I mean? Maybe you don't want to hear him, you know, do like like bedroom raps with with Miguel. Maybe that's not your thing. Maybe like the MMG sort of like triumph horn sound isn't for you. That's fine. Clearly, it's for somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I, I don't think that's what people are attacking. Sorry to cut you off. I, can I read a tweet first? I, I the tweet. I booked Wale for his first show ever. Why? Not because I thought he was good, but because he made me money. This guy over here, Peter Oasis. No, no. I, I have a history of of bashing Wale. And I don't, I don't need, it's not even his music. I just think what people really, they look at him and I think he has this kind of attitude. I don't know him in real life. Again, what you put out on the internet and how you see him in well, interviews. Well, your attitude is just, is just as important as, as your music. You know what I mean? I'm not discounting. I don't it. think he's a lovable, we're cut, okay, I, I, I'm going to bring the two up and kind of weigh them against each other because they, they are, they, came, they started together. So you have Cuddy on one hand who's adopted and taken on this, like, sad guy, you know, lonely. And then you have Wale who's just, like, kind of – he's kind of cocky, but he's cocky to a fault. And he's he's a very easy punching bag. And I don't see any other rapper on the internet who takes more shots than Wale. Like, I, I – do you agree or disagree? Wale has to be the most polarizing figure, and no, and I, I don't. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing yeah, with yeah, you. Yeah. Like, like the, the the facts bear it out. Yes. Like you can read the number <laughs> of, of of tweets. I'm just saying that to me personally, I'm kind of puzzled as sort of why why him. I think it goes back of, to the personality. Of well, I don't, I don't, I don't find it. You know that that grading, and 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 I think that you know, I think that the biggest thing is is balance. You know, I think that the the people who are his most fervent you know haters probably liked the old stuff to some degree because no one bashes something that they didn't once like or have some actual kernel of appreciation for you know and i think that if there was more stuff in the catalog kind of on that tip it might buffer some of this other stuff and just honestly like in my own personal taste and music that i like and choose to listen to i would like to listen to more of that kind of music i think it's funny to compare this to maybe something like you know when little brother were making like their sort of like major label splash like they had this indie record that you know was sort of unassuming in a lot of ways mm-hmm. but it had a charm you know 
And then, you know, as soon as they kind of got signed, they became way more polarizing personalities. I remember I was working at Fader at the time and they just bum rushed me and started yelling like, you know, like, why aren't we on the cover of the magazine? I'm like, I don't know, dude. Like, why don't <laughs> why don't you just start with like, hello, I'm, you know, Fonte, like, yeah. hi, I'm Nick. Nice to meet you. You know, it's <laughs> like th- there was just this sort of in- there was this intensity that felt fueled by a lot of different outside forces. And for whatever reason, you know. While he's just kind of that guy, he just inspires it. Like, I don't think he's really tripping because he's he's paid more than I think anyone expects. Like, he's got crazy publishing. He's on all of these weird, like Mariah Carey kind of records. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got houses in different states. He's got very robust touring schedule. There's girls that love Wale. You know yes. what I mean? Like, oh, who, keep who, them away who, from who, me. Like, will pile in the Honda Accord yes. and like you know go. He has see, a fan base in a specific he, market. He has a fan base, and it's a fan base that will stick around, you know? And it's like, I hear from him every so often. Like, my my cell phone's number's been the same it's ever been my entire life. He'll text me sometimes, or, like, he'll call me. Not to talk about music, but, like, he'll be like, yeah, you know, I'm thinking about starting a label. Like, do you want to do a mixtape for for my reggae artist? And, like, you know, (laughs) stuff like that. I I would love to kind of go back in the studio and kind of do some stuff that is sort of, like, in that sort of fool's goldie lane, in that kind of, um, you know... uh, mixtape about nothing mm. sort of lane but it's like you know what it, he's he's just one of those guys it's better to be polarizing than to be ignored yeah you know what i mean because there, there, there's so many people that just can't inspire like a, a meh yeah. reaction you know what i mean like they don't even get to that level it's better to be hated than to than to be forgotten so now you never did you never like mixtape about nothing then i don't think i was ever a fan of la I actually like one. I I never listened to Wale. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. There's one freestyle that he did over a Big Daddy Kane beat. Oh yeah, warming up Kane. Warming up Kane. Yeah. And I heard that and I was like, this is really dope. Like I actually liked it. I had it on my playlist or on my phone, whatever. But I don't know. Why are we talking about Wale? You said you wanted to talk <laughs> about it on air, and I we have the most powerful, <laughs> one of the most powerful, influential people in music. I want to talk about the future. We could go back. Yes. We could go further back. We could go back to high school. <laughs> we could do whatever. Just can we skip Wale, please? Well, why don't we go into some future things? As an indie label, what are some of these moves by like YouTube and SoundCloud? What is their effect on you in terms of you know some of the copyright things that are starting to pop up that people aren't really talking about a lot at this point? Well, the nice thing about being an indie label is that you know you can play a little loose with stuff like sampling, for instance. You know, like if a record isn't a hit. It's it's a lot less likely that someone's going to knock you for a random little sample. And so much of what makes music good and cool and interesting in the hip hop and dance world is the texture that sampling provides. Like Mark Ronson gives an amazing TED talk about sampling that I think should be mandatory viewing for every congressman, you know, every you know person that deals with intellectual property law. Uh, it's really good. I, I can't recommend it enough. But there's a misunder- fundamental misunderstanding of sampling. I think that people think that, you know, it's just Diddy taking a police song and, and not, you know, crediting Sting or whomever, you know. But um, with SoundCloud, uh, it used to be that you could make a DJ mix and you're, you're putting it up for free. You know, you're, you're certainly not selling it. And no one would, would give you a problem. You're doing a DJ mix. The, the art of DJing isn't about the individual songs. It's about how they're woven together. But 
you know, from a purely legal standpoint, that's not kosher. You can't do it. So SoundCloud, for the longest time, they, they weren't going to bother you, especially if you paid for your account. You know, yeah. if, you, if you had a free account, they might bother you a little bit. But if you had the paid pro account, you know, they kind of left you alone. Now, you know, you get served with takedown notices all the time. And it's and I don't think it's had an effect on the kinds of art that people make. But I'm sure that's what they said when, you know, Bismarcky got got sued and, you know, like the pre Triton era of, of hip hop production, like sampling. There's there's a misunderstanding of it in a lot of ways that until that changes stuff like SoundCloud takedowns and much bigger things are always going to be a problem. You mm-hmm. know? So, but that SoundCloud and, and YouTube are two different things. Yes. YouTube is a little bit more of a, of a different situation because they're trying to just, you know, put a squeeze on people, which in the grand scheme of things is not the hugest deal. When you actually think about YouTube income and the kind of things that this sort of, you know, contract people were presented with entailed, like, you know, it, it, it isn't the hugest effect uh, on, on your, your actual day-to-day income on stuff. Is it gross? Yes. Is it, you know, what a company like them shouldn't be doing? Yes, mm-hmm. 100% correct. And the outcry and the sort of public relations disaster that it's become, you know, I think has sort of borne that out. But, you know, we, we live in a wild world. Like when Fool's Gold started, the major labels were super clueless about how to adapt to this kind of new breed of artists. And, you know, the, the idea of the sort of like longer term, almost like incubating status. Now... They've kind of caught up to it. They've caught up to sort of, you know, uh, how how streaming works. They kind of saw what they lost by not jumping on the Napsters of the world when they first came out. Even iTunes, like people, you know, fronted on iTunes, and now that you know the 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 the, the profit margins have shrunk so much that whatever you can squeeze out of it, they're gonna squeeze out of it. And if you're a big enough little, you know, indie music platform, like. You know, Spotify is going to cut those deals because they want to stay in business. And eventually they're going to figure it out and we're going to reach this sort of equilibrium. But the kind of monopolization powers of the majors, I feel like that's kind of shifted back again. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, when you're an artist, you sign these deals and it's, it's hard to even just license stuff, do like simple radio licenses like the guys that get in commercials it's because they own their pub and they own, you know, their master and they can kind of, you know, do it quickly. It You know, it's it's. um a lot of 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 like contract voodoo going on. You have to know how to how to do it. From from us, just as like a label, this this is kind of you know straying from your question a little bit. But like you know, you you see artists who have management that can ostensibly operate like a label. So mm-hmm. it becomes you know like so I, I can do this on my own. What are you bringing to the table? I th- I feel like we have to sort of show and prove in very concrete ways that before people were just sort of like, oh, you you like me. All these other people don't like me. I'm going here now. You know, it's 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 more of um it's more of a of a complex situation. But like I said before, you know, I want people to know all this stuff going in. I want the entire process to be as transparent as possible. Like I'm I never fill people's heads up with these crazy dreams of superstar. I'm like, look, this is the deal. You know, this is like this. This money gets cut this way. This is what we want to sort of do creatively. If you're down all that stuff, we'll have a lot of fun and we'll make something cool. If you're not down with that, you know, that's fine. Like more power to you. Like if you're dope, you'll always find an audience. If you're motivated, you'll always find a way to win. Yeah. Now, do you guys, have you guys been in discussions with YouTube then about 
the the white the what is it at this point they're trying to create a subscription base or yeah well the thing the thing that that they're trying to do is sort of like a pseudo spotify kind of system that that's being like kind of shoehorned in with this new streaming arrangement and it's basically like you know if you don't want to get down with this streaming service you know we're going to jerk you a little bit on this you know video accounting stuff you know and we weren't really worried about it. We knew that it was going to sort of work itself out. And as we can see, like it is working itself out. The funny thing with YouTube is that, you know, there's all of these other ways to like little cottage industries that have sprung up about making money on YouTube. Like yeah. there's guys that are just the ill advertising aggregators, you know, and it's like, I'm, I want to know what they're concerned about with the YouTube context. Cause I'm like, look, you, your job is, only to exploit other people's content and help them make more money. It's like, I want to talk to you. I don't really tripping on talking to YouTube. Like, I, I, I want to find out, you know, the, the guys that are working the angles on this stuff. Mm. And, you know, for us, running a sort of tight business, you learn and you get better at it. But it's still secondary in terms of, like, enthusiasm than just making dope product. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not a, a Wall Street Gordon Gecko type dude like that's why I got into music in in the first place because it's fun and because you can be creative and you can make something out of thin air that didn't exist before with with your mind you know that's awesome yeah definitely definitely is there something you wanted to, to chime in on Peter no, no I'm, I'm just thinking of the role you talk about the role of a record label and how it's changed and how some artists think they don't even need it like it's not necessary but as that's happening, I see the label. And I, I've watched the label from the very beginning to now. And now I know that you guys are adding a lot more Fool's Gold Day Off dates. And eventually you become a major festival company because that's what you're, you're doing. You're creating festivals. The Fool's Gold Day Off is a music festival. And in a way... It, it gets bigger and bigger. You, you guys went from having the Fool's Gold stage at the music festival to, to Fool's being Gold the being yeah. the festival. And that's cool. And that's awesome to me as, as someone from a, a booking and promotion background. Like that's exciting for me to see. And full disclaimer, I, I work with an artist that, that's on the label mm -hmm. and, and our listeners know that. Um, I think it, it, it's great. Like I, I love what you guys are doing. And, you know, as everything changes, I, I would love to see what Fool's Gold looks like, feels like, and smells like, and how it moves, you know, five years from now. Because it, it's ever-changing. Yeah. And the the lesson that I've that I've learned, and, and, and it's, you know, not something that you pick up on, on immediately, especially when you're, like, really aggro and anal about, like, fonts and things like that, is that the single most important piece of this whole puzzle is motion forward motion you know everyone who's succeeded has 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 learned that and and you know sometimes you're not going to be able to get stuff completely perfect completely the way you envisioned it but you just want to fight to get it as close as possible but don't let it not being there prevent you from from knocking it out like if something's at 90 you, you gotta run with it if you if you're waiting a month to get that last 10 percent you're you know you're you're shooting yourself in the foot and I, I think that like a sense of momentum and a sense of excitement fuels so much of what we do so like you know as the business changes the business will continue to change you know like even just the 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 physical and digital media that is that is used to distribute this stuff is going to change but having cool ideas will always be necessary 
Yeah. You know? No, no, no one can can download a sweatshirt yet. So let's you know sell tons of sweatshirts. Yeah, and I mean, eventually we'll get to a point where we can sell that digitally as well. <laughs> and yeah, sell the, the the 3D printing revolution. Yes, exactly, exactly. Stuff's gonna change, you know. Like I, I think that for us, the 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 art first um, philosophy has has served Fool's Gold really well. Okay, were you? I was gonna say, let's play a song, mm-hmm. and then we'll be back with Nick. Okay. And we will talk, and then coming up next is the halftime show. Yes. Like they always do at this time. Play a song, Dharmic X. So always trying to doubt it again, right? I ain't never really lost nothing. Dame said I'm buggy cause I wanna fight B-Hop I said I'm gonna up after two months of detox Besides that, eight mil for Reebok I take him to the bar, pa, that's 33 shots He telling me I need nine He must not remember young killer that hustled in his weed spot When he had the black legs and I boost treetops Somebody talk about him, then they woulda got a speed knot This is when me and HUD sorta ran the G-spot Old Zig in the left and we came in with green tops Listen here, so you got my vision clear. Never for a pro, but I made it and it disappeared. So you know not off with me. Word. And my record is sucker free. This money, I've been making it work. So eight track, let's take him to church. They don't hear me though. You know what I'm saying? I ain't fight my way to the top of the food chain to be a vegetarian. I get my own. Bank is a place that'll lend you money if you prove you don't need it, know what I mean? My parents got high, no lie, it's no shame A product of dust, lust, and cocaine Still cool with some again, though the sniff cane They grow weed, they grow hair like Rogaine Heartless to the core, feel no pain That's models, hood rats, old flames Bitches against haters, famous, no names Yo, street fighter, I throw flames on the strip, no strippers. But she sucking the tip, I might tip her. Understood in my hood, that's the way we go. You can't comprehend or understand the ratio. From a baby, yo. Pop got no money for milk. The 380 blow, up, up, away we go. No cash to help out your lady, yo. Or look out for baby bro. Should I rob a bank? Tell me something. Yes, go, maybe know what I do next. Get crackhead fellatio. I thought I was slow like radio. A couple years later, though, they heard me on the radio. Radio. Whoa, whoa, yeah. Kill him. Eight track. No, I'm saying it's heartfelt. Kill Cam in the building. With the game been missing. Something incredible that's about to take place. Cam got the sneak pop. Holla. Real life. What you gonna do, Dane? Go get that money, set that up, man. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh. We don't like broke. We don't like brown. They about in my business. You don't know. Yeah, how we do it, it's not fair, but I don't give a f, I do not care. Play a whole 
Shout out to my nigga Roach, I've been playing so fucking long, I should probably just be a coach. You should see how I run the play, I can't help it, I'm from the bay. That's the only way I was raised, that's the only way I was laced, tell I'm running, huh? But this ain't a race, I'm drinking Jameson straight, don't need a chase. If she ain't fucking with me, then I ain't finna chase. I'm just trying to penetrate, I thought her let me demonstrate what's happening. I'm ready for whatever, we count Fetty together, bitch, smooth as new leather, get on your head like New Era, uh. Fly niggas wet out feathers, and we only move for the cheddar, huh? in the manger anger bottled up on me created a company heartbreak collision or all state potentially failing a risk that we all take a criminal mind state is what these rappers got and when it comes to money i think i spend a lot right and hell if you hating i'm from the home of the raiders a's and the giants black panthers and many more i remember when i was penny poor made my life to a thick bitch from a skinny whore. more present than christmas all this hate i will dismiss disabled like pop-ups no money you lost us you steady selling your soul that's because it don't cost much watch them fall off like mufasa huh? what up you're listening to now where were we on wnyu it's 10 20 p.m we got 10 more minutes and then we're Going to halftime, the halftime show, the world famous halftime Gunshot. show. Gunshot. Gunshot. Now in the studio with me, as as those of you who've been listening know, we have of course my co-host Peter Oasis and our special guest Nick Ketchdubs representing Fool's Gold, Brooklyn, New York. Yes, sir. Yes, Although sir. Although I'm I'm from Elizabeth, New Jersey, I should be repping Jersey more. Ah, uh, okay. And and you uh, went to NYU. I did. I did. Go Violets. <laughs> it's, it's it's depressing coming to to, uh, to to the to the station because the dorm is so much nicer than when I lived here. Yeah, and he lived in the, the dorm where the radio station is. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. My tuition money helped improve this place, and I didn't get to uh, I didn't get to enjoy it. Yeah, I guess it, it comes. It's an investment. It's an investment that sadly you don't get to reap the benefits yes. of. Hey man, it takes a village. <laughs> yes. Um. So what? what... Now I'm just thinking how the. The studio smells like cologne. True to Petey Cologne's name. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, this has been amazing. Like I was saying off air, there's never enough time to really get in everything we need to. I mean, I feel like Nick could be up here for another year and we still wouldn't, you know, even scratch the surface. I will I will cop to that. Yeah. I, w- I, w- I will say, uh, you know, the, the the one thing that was cool about that that last record, which was uh, my single, mm-hmm. which came out on Fool's Gold last summer with uh, I Am Sue and Jayant, you know, running the label has kind of, you know, held me back a little bit from sort of doing more music of my own and, and remixing and production for other artists. And now the thing that I'm most excited about is pushing that in ways that I wasn't able to before. If if the sort of last seven years of Fool's Gold was my titty boy of player circle era, I feel like I'm about to enter the two chains era of, of Nick Ketchdubs, you know? Like I'm, I'm really excited about the production stuff and uh, there's there's a ton of new music of my own about to come out on, uh, on Fool's Gold. I have a, a record with uh, BIC, mm-hmm. um, which, which will be out super, super soon. Um, a song with Troy Ave and Hemes of Das <laughs> Racist together uh, in a weird little Marvel 
team up. Like I, I have a, a, a so Troy Ave didn't have a problem with with rapping alongside Heems. They're friends. They 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 did stuff together before. What part of the game is this? I thought Heems Heems literally seems like the epitome of a weirdo rapper in Troy Ives' book. No, you know Troy Troy does his thing. He's another guy that, for whatever reason, is getting that sort of Wale type hate that he doesn't deserve. Like I, every time I've I've worked with him, it's been super pleasant, and he can rap. You can't yeah. say he can't, and and he actually has a really cool ear for beats and melody and that kind of like old G Unit tape kind of kind of vibe. Yeah, no, I, I think he he um he can definitely rap. I, I was just commenting more on on his some of his quotes, you know, oh, in yeah. relation to weirdo yeah, yeah, rappers. Yeah, and no. Heems, for me as a as an Indian kid, kind of getting into rap around the time Das Racist was peaking, I just looked at him funny, like he was a kind of a, a weirdo in in my mind. Uh, so I he, find he it, actually can rap better than he gets credit for. Too, oh yes, 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 yes. But but with the with this 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 album that I'm working on for for Fool's Gold, it's it's I, I like those sort of juxtapositions. I, I feel like it's a very kind of cool collage project so you know all things go as planned that'll be finished uh, this summer and, and come out in the fall i'm gonna go on tour with craze and do nice. you know like a, a u.s tour for the first time so Pe- people cool. don't know now they do that you're an amazing producer i actually told you this i have a beat that you <laughs> gave to roxy cottontail like six years ago it was like a miami beat you got yeah. you have to resurrect that beat okay. man like it it's crazy how how much you do and how you do everything like great. It's crazy to me. I don't know. I love people who could do a lot. And True then, Renaissance man. Yeah, I mean that. I mean, you're an inspiration. You are too kind. You are too kind, my friend. No, you're an inspiration to people. I mean, because you do everything, you do it well, and you know. This weekend you're playing a huge festival. We just talked about that. Oh yeah, the um, the Hudson Project. So if you're in Saugerties, New York, come through. If you I'm, just I'm happen to be Sunday. there. <laughs> no, well, doesn't this doesn't this go upstate? Like if the if the I winds, don't think the FM if the signal, winds are, are right, it goes a little bit upstate, but I think it doesn't go any further than Westchester. Okay. Yeah, it's just, it's just powerful signal, but not not <laughs> not that powerful. I mean, but you you've been a festival act for a while. Yeah, I mean, w- w- because we do the Fool's Gold stages, the, the the crazy thing about the kind of, you know, DJ world on, on the festival level is that they're not booking DJs. Like, they don't care if you can rock or not. Like, they are booking producers. They are booking producers the way you would book a band. And fans want to hear the songs almost like, you know, when you go see a band, you're like, oh, you played it different from the record. What's the matter with you? Like, they they have that sort of or if you attitude. see Lauren Hill. So the, the cool thing is that Fool's Gold stands for so much musically that at least there's there's a built-in knowledge of that so you i I play the drop a lot and it's like oh yeah this this guy'll be okay and it i always love seeing twitter after shows because all of these people are like i had no idea who you were but that was cool yeah you know and 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 i don't i don't have have an ego about that kind of stuff like I, i i like anyway someone gets to discover what we do because i take pride in it yeah i mean you know i was talking to a friend of mine who doesn't really listen to a lot of music and i was just saying ah this week we have a big guest we have nick catch does we have fool's gold and even that a lot of people fool's gold gets them he didn't get what fool's gold was i was like you've heard this song though you've heard this uh the barbara streisand record he's like yes i know that one yes i know i mean i I wear i wear you know the fool's gold shirts all the time like i have the the, you know the bag and stuff like that and people will hit me like like oh yeah you know those guys and i was like i was like yeah yeah (laughs) that's amazing it's cool yeah like low low profile i guess kind of you enjoy that 
Yeah, no, I mean, it's it. I, I want to be able to share this stuff with as many people as possible. And obviously, as a professional, you want to grow and you want to feel like you're 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 not on this plateau. You know what I mean? But stuff stuff happens at the at the schedule it's supposed to. Like I'm saying, like it's about that that forward momentum. You just have to keep working at it, and you have to find ways to keep yourself excited. Because especially in New York, like I've seen so many people, even people my age that have no excuse, just be like embittered about stuff and and like every time i see them they complain about more things and are are disdainful of the success that other people have and you know that's a bummer it's like it's it's fine to ignore stuff you don't like Mm -hmm. but to be like actively grumpy about it that's toxic this that's just toxic for for humans yeah no i agree i think positivity is is the key i mean the more you surround yourself with that it kind of helps you and i feel like the negativity will only drag you down. And this has been your hip-hop yoga moment. <laughs> yes. Oh, Peter was just meditating the other day, <laughs> so maybe I got inspired by that. <laughs> All right. Well, we are about to get out of here <laughs> on that note. The halftime show's coming up. Nick Catch Dubs, Fool's Gold Records. You know what's up. Thank you for coming through. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me.